0: thank you so much for listening to our podcast here at the Greenwood Church of God we are so excited that you have found us here our prayer is that this podcast would enrich your life and give you strength for this week ahead thank you so much for being here now enjoy the podcast oh, he's living, and death is Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise Hallelujah You may be seated God is so good church I want to share with you just a brief moment Something that the Lord has laid upon my heart I would ask for everybody if possible To please hear this I'm not going to I'm going to try my best to be short To the point Um But I want to share with you something about Palm Sunday that I don't know of. I mean, I've shared bits and pieces of it, but not like this. And um, I want to talk to you today about Palm Sunday, but I want to talk to you about the elements of the entry. And so we're going to look at John chapter 12 as our text. And then we are going to look at all of those in this brief time that we have. John chapter 12. I'm going to start in verse 12. You stand for the reading of the word I'm sorry Vicky. I saw you already standing so I got everybody else to stand and then you sat down I'm gonna read very quickly John chapter 12 verse 12 on the next day much people that were come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried Hosanna blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord and Jesus, when he had found a young, y'all know me by now, donkey, sat there on as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, or Zion, behold, thy king cometh sitting on a donkey's colt. These things understand not his disciples at the first, but when, the Jew, when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him, And that they had done these things unto him. We're going to stop right there. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. God, I pray, God, that you would allow me, God, to be very simple, be to the point. And, God, I pray that somebody would be changed either through this. God, today in this service or even on live stream or even through our recorded media, I pray, God, that you would minister to someone today. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk to you about the elements of the entry, the elements of... Of the entry, specifically, donkey, clothes, palms, and shouts—four things, four things that we're going to talk about—that he specifically mentions here in the passage. Um, I really feel led to just talk, just for 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 just a brief moment, about what Jesus had as he walked in, as he got his things together. Growing up, I was always known as the individual at camp and anywhere else um, among my friends that would have to bomb toothpaste, something else maybe off of them because I had left it at home. My friend David always kids with me about in camp we would grow up and... As we would leave, you know, of course, I didn't do the packing. My mom did, so it was her fault. And, um, you know, she would, that was a joke, just just anyway, go with me. But she would leave, or I would leave the toothpaste out or something of that, an essential that you needed that week. And you would have to borrow it because I was not ready for the journey. Anybody has ever been on a trip where you left something behind, it is a frustrating place, Right? There are things that you need as you embark on a journey that are essential for the journey. Jesus, in this passage, was about to go in and embark embark on a journey that would lead him to the cross. Jesus was entering Jerusalem. He was headed to a cross. He was about to enter into a season that was like none other. He was about to endure suffering, shame, and he was about to, on top of all of that, save the world so in this journey as he goes into this entry there are four things that we key in on today that he had he had a donkey there were clothes there were palms and there was a shout today I want us to just specifically look at those things in their simplicity as we see them in Scripture Because I believe that each one of us are headed in a direction. I believe each one of us, whether you're here, whether you're listening online, whether you're um, somewhere, somewhere else in the facility and you hear this message later, you are headed somewhere. You are headed in a direction for the Lord. The Lord has a direction for you. For this church, I believe that God has a direction for us, I believe that he has a plan for each one of us, an entry that we are about to make an entrance into a thing or a, a plan or a future that God has for us. So there are some lessons that we can learn from Jesus's entry today. I don't plan to add anything new, but in these four I believe we will find some simple Lessons that will show us what we need as God leads us. The first thing that we see that he had, he had a donkey. In fact, he had a donkey that he would bring or ride in into the city. When you learn a little bit more about this donkey, you understand that Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 9 prophesied that the Messiah would ride in on this donkey. Matthew mentions two the parent and the young colt. If you'll look at that a little bit, closer, it's not a mistake, but in some societies they would allow the, or or in most you would have that parent riding by that young foal so they would actually know and feel more comfortable as they were going. Matthew in his detailed writing probably put something in that Mark and Luke and John just chose not to put in the donkey when you begin to realize that what it represents it shows us that rulers during peace times they would ride in on a donkey because it was not wartime. when wartime was in or when they were at the point or at that moment warriors they would ride in on a horse in fact when you look at this this animal this beast that he rides in on. It is the the lowest form of transportation out of the possible choices that he had. And it represents the fact that there was Peace coming into the city, and there was there was there was um, um, uh, surrendering our humility coming into the city, and so Jesus is going into the city, and He chooses to ride on this donkey or on this animal. And I just want to share with you in this passage that as we see Him coming into the city, we understand that you look in John; it was a young and it was an old. Let me tell you, I don't want to get too much into it, but church we. We need everybody. We need all generations. We need the young and we need the old. But there are some things that I believe that God is wanting to do in our church that has never been done before. In fact, when you look at that a little bit closer, it said there was a young colt or a young donkey that had never been ridden before. Amen. I don't know about you, but I know God is never going to change. But I do believe that God has methods that he wants to use that he has principles that he wants to use in the church that have never been used before and it, I want to say God if you can use anything Lord please use me but as Jesus is entering into this city as he's making his grand entrance into this place and this triumphant entry what we see here with Jesus well the lessons hear me out real quick because I'm going to take you through each point the lessons that we can learn from this donkey and from this animal that is seen here that Jesus and you see on the screen the lesson that you learn is number one without his grace we are nothing because during this time it was peace it was as if Jesus was coming in and saying I'm not coming to try to try to uh, usurp or, or load up my kingdom or start my dominion but he comes in and he says I'm coming with peace But I'm also coming with grace And without his grace We are nothing Amen Without Jesus using us We're like that donkey We're nothing It's the lowest form of of being able to ride on something Our lowest form of transportation But let me tell you sometimes I must understand that without his grace I am nothing Also I'm reminded of this It's not about us Look at this, 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 this um, animal that he's riding on. Nobody would say, man, look at that. That's, that's the most beautiful donkey that I've ever seen. No, no, Nobody would ever say, man, that is the most luxury. Anybody ever drive a car where people look at you and it's like, man, that's all you got? <laughs> I, see some, I see some laughs over there. Man, you can't do better. You, you, you don't have anything better to ride in than that. Let me tell you what I see in this donkey is that as we are making an entrance into the things that God has for us, it's not about us. It's not about how. It's not about how. Let me tell you, because God doesn't always use the best looking. God doesn't always use the most eloquent. God doesn't always use the one that the world says they are the chosen one. But God uses ruddy shepherd boys. God uses fishermen. It's not about me church it's not about you it's not about our pedigree god takes donkeys like me and he begins to use me and do things through me so that i can be like john and i say i must decrease so he can increase i can say god move me out of the way so you can take me where you want me to go say amen somebody i want to be more like this donkey as we get ready to go into this season that God has in store for us, as you get ready to make an entry. As you begin to go into wherever God is leading you on this triumphant um, entry Sunday, may we understand that it's not about you, it's not about me, it is all about Him. He doesn't need eloquence. He loves it when we make, when we do the best that we can. He loves it when we are faithful. He loves it when when we give Him our best. But He can take us when it doesn't look like much and. He he can do great things i don't know maybe it's somebody in here maybe it's somebody that will hear it later but you felt as if you're not adequate you have felt that as if you could not ever be used by god but let me tell you if he rode in on a donkey to go in and to save the world he can use you he can use me because it's not about us it's about him Hallelujah. We need a donkey as we get ready to go into this place. Say, I need a donkey. You thought you'd never say that in church, did you? My Lord, you need a donkey. You need to be like a donkey. God, it's not about how pretty I am, but it's about how glorious you are. It's about your grace, your mercy. Where would I be if it were not for the Lord? The second thing that he uses is clothes. Hope everybody here has clothes on. I remember Jensen Franklin preached a message at Winterfest and said, do you have your underwear on? And he took it from the priest and how they had their undergarments. But in this passage you see that They had clothes. In that culture, there was a few things that you see about clothes. First of all, clothes were expensive. It wasn't like today where you could go to a clearance store or you could go online and find something that was fifty percent off or maybe seventy five percent off, or if you like me, you like it when it's ninety percent off. It wasn't like that. Clothes were expensive. In those days, clothes would also show some identity. You know, we still do that today. Sometimes you can identify somebody by their clothes. If you work for someone or you are uh, an employee for a business, sometimes you have a shirt that has a uniform or a logo that identifies that you are with them, right? Right? In fact, your identity can be hidden in those garments. A lot of times if you see a person like myself and it used to kind of burn me up, they would see me and say, you dress like a preacher. Or you look like a preacher. Sometimes you can just give it away. Amen? So many times we find ourselves in that situation. But what these people did is they saw the donkey coming in with the Savior on top of it. They took their clothes that cost a lot. Say cost a lot. And they, 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 some of them took their clothes off that was their identity. And they began to do something very interesting. They laid them down and allowed the Savior to use it as a saddle. But then not only that, they put it in front of the beast so when it was going towards the city, they would be able to walk on top of those garments as well. And as I begin to think about that, there were a few things that as we make our entrance into the future that God has for us, that I believe that Christ's entrance into the city begins to teach us about the clothes. He needs our clothes, but he needs them not because they look good, but he needs them because it is us laying down sometimes, number one, our identity. I don't know who you think you are or who I think I am, but no matter matter who we think we are when it comes to following Jesus we must lay aside everything and we must say that we are now identified in you. We may have been a popular person in society. We may have been a a very uh, knowledgeable person in society. We may have been a leader and a ruler in society. But when you enter into the kingdom you are now under the kingship of Jesus Christ and your identity identity does not matter any longer. You may have been an elected official. You may have been a rich individual. You may have had some power. But when you come to Jesus, you begin to lay down all of your identity. But number two, when you talk about clothes and following him in the entrance of your future, you understand that following him costs something. You don't get to follow Jesus for free. You know, it's like life sometimes. Sometimes they Say you just got this for free, but guarantee you it costs somebody something. But the same thing is when it comes to following Jesus yes, salvation is free, but when you begin to walk after Jesus and you begin to serve Jesus, you can guarantee this it's going to cost you something. You're going to have to lay something down, you're going to have to put something aside. It may cost you relationships, friendships. It may cost you some kind of status in the world that you live in. But let me tell you, when you count the cost and you follow Jesus, you'll understand that it was worth Every cost it was worth everything that you laid aside but also hear this Christ Jesus uses your surrendering how do you know that preacher well I know this because as he goes into the city what is he sitting on he's sitting on their garments what is he riding on top of he's riding on top of their garments let me tell you he uses your sacrifice oh if Jesus can get some people that will say I'll give you everything he'll take you he'll use you he'll begin to perform great works in you it was Peter's sacrifice that God said I'll use your voice it was Paul's sacrifice and God said I'll use your testimony it was Joseph's borrow tomb and Jesus said I'll use the tomb let me tell you when you are going into the season that God has in store for you he will use your sacrifice somebody say I give all to you Lord come on somebody lift up your hands and say I give you everything I cast my clothes before you oh man I've been in services before where preachers would pour oil on you y'all know what I'm talking about And I like my clothes, if you hadn't known. I like my clothes. And so I'm sitting there and I see these people getting oil poured all over their head and running down their cheeks and getting all on their clothes. I'm thinking, man, this is my favorite shirt. Y'all don't act like y'all don't have a favorite shirt. Man, this is my favorite pair of pants. I don't want that oil to get on my. And I've done it before. I've watched it, and I've caught it right before it got on my shirt, thinking, dear Lord, I don't want to ruin my garments, right? I've I've done it in the real world before, but I've also done it in the spiritual world. I remember when I got saved, Brother Bill, and I I was friends with people. I was friends with individuals. I ran circles with them. I hung out with them on Friday night, and they may be listening to me right now, but when I decided that I was gonna follow Jesus, I had to lay my garments down. I had to lay my garments at his feet, and I laid them on the saddle for for him for a saddle because it was taking me into a new season. I lost friendships, I lost popularity. I'm just telling you how I was in Houston, Mississippi. I lost reputations in some aspects. they knew I wasn't going to go with them. They knew I wasn't going to do what they did. They knew that I'd been called out of darkness. And now I've been placed into his marvelous light. And there wasn't a single garment that I wasn't willing to lay down. Because I wanted to be used. I wanted him to use my sacrifice. And the only way that he could do it is if I just said Jesus. I don't care what it is. I don't care how expensive it costs. I lay it down at your feet. And he Begin to use that sacrifice to get me into the season that He had for me, my Lord. If your I feel like a madman, God help me. I didn't want to do it, but if your relationship with God isn't costing you something, then you're missing out because He He meets you at your sacrifice, and then all of a sudden you begin to get rewarded for that sacrifice, and you say, "My Lord, I don't miss a day of being a fisherman." I believe Matthew said, my Lord, I don't miss a day of being a tax collector. I believe Paul said, my Lord, I don't miss a single day of being called Saul and serving the Sanhedrin. I believe that when you sacrifice and you give yourself away, he meets you and rewards you. Say close. Say close. Hallelujah. Say sacrifice. Oh God, we give you. Everything, hey, donkeys, clothes, and palms. So number three, they, you see palms. I I, I thought, do I have a palm tree up here? Now I told you I needed a palm tree. I'm just joking with you. I told you I needed one, and you probably. Well, look at there. I thought she would have it so secure I couldn't get it off. And I'd get mad at it and y'all would see me pitch a fit. I heard one preacher say it was a shape of a V indicating victory. I heard others preacher, other preachers talking about waving it, declaring that the Lord is royal. And I'm going to kind of use both of them. In John, it only uses palm trees. In the other gospels that talk about trees, they talk about other type of trees. But here in John, it talks about this date palm branch. The waving of the date palm branches had become a common practice. Now, before we move on, what do you need? First, you need a donkey. Second, what do you need? Clothes. Now we're talking about palms. It was something that they waved at national celebrations in Israel. You see it in Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 40. Then palm branches had become a symbol of nationalistic hope. They appear on the coins at Jewish nationalists produced during the war with the Romans in AD 67 through 70. It was used on the present occasion. They probably were signaling belief that Israel's Messiah had Appear. In fact, we are also introduced to palm trees in the book of Revelation. (laughs) Don't get me started on this passage in chapter 7. As they are showing the multitude. The Bible said that after this I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and of kindred and of people and tongues, They stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hand. They were literally in this moment on this triumphant entry, they were saying, you are the king. You are the savior. It was royally, they were saying, Lord, you are royally victorious. See, when entering into the season of our life, not only do we need to know that we understand that we're like that donkey, that we are meek and lowly and if it wasn't for the one riding, if it wasn't for the one that was being worshipped, we would be nothing. And then also as we see clothes, we understand that as we enter into this season, we must sacrifice. But we see palms in their hands because I believe we declare with the palms that He is in control as King. You understand as you go into this season of your life, you are not ruled by anything else other than Jesus Christ Jesus said you cannot serve God and mammon you must decide who you will serve I don't know for you I just know for me I feel like Joshua 24 when he said as for me and my house we will serve the Lord see we declare with palms today that he is in control as king of kings and lord of lords let let me tell you no one will ever kick him off of his throne let me tell you no one will ever remove him from his throne no one will you, you don't have to question whether or not he will ever be uh, usurped as king but today with this palm branch I declare that he is greater He's. I understand our political system is in turmoil I understand all of the news that's been going on but let me tell you my hope is not in the donkey or my hope is not in the elephant when it comes to politics but my hope is in none other than the lion of the tribe of Judah and I wave this palm branch as I go into the season that God has for me as if to say he is my king, he is my savior the president is not over my life the republicans are not over my life the democrats are not over my life my life is in the hands of the king say amen somebody Hey, I know you don't have a palm branch, but would you just wave your hands as if you got a palm branch and just say, Jesus, Jesus, you are my king. Who is this king of glory? It is none other than Jesus Christ, my Lord. We declare with this palm that as He is King, He is also victorious. Say victory. My God, I declare with this, if I could have this in every season of my life, remember, I know you may be going through a season of depression and you may be going through a season of disappointment, but if you'll just remember to wave the palm because it reminds you that you have the victory. Let me tell you, in this life, it may not seem like you have victory in this season it may not seem like you have victory but we're reminded in the end in revelation that there's coming a day that we will gather around the throne with saints from every creed saints of every color saints of every nation and i believe we'll have white robes on and we'll be worshiping the king but my bible said we'll also have a palm branch saying you have You have gotten me through great floods And you have been faithful Let me tell you You are victorious Because of who your king is Somebody say amen Who's your king? Come on now Who's your king? Jesus hallelujah. Who's your king? Oh my God Donkey Clothes Palms and a shout. When you look at that word shout in Luke chapter 19, in Matthew chapter 21, in Mark chapter 11, I believe, and then in John 12, you look at that word shout, and it literally means a cry. If anybody's ever had a young child, a young baby, you know what that cry is like. Sometimes you can do everything in your power, but you can't get them to stop crying. A lot of times, especially when they can't communicate with you, they know what they want, but they don't think you know what they want. So their only answer is to do what? What? Cry. One night, Matthew as a young baby was probably just the most annoying of all three of our babies. Y'all got to laugh. I'm sorry, y'all are saying, why are you saying that, daddy? I've told him to his face, so I'm not hiding it. The boy just wouldn't stop crying. Anybody have a baby like that? Now don't, don't don't point them out. It's it's rude to do that. Just leave that to me. He wouldn't stop crying. He had trouble with his stomach. One day, my uncle Otis was there with us at Houston, or in you no know, Mount Airy. They were from coming from Houston, staying with us, and he just would not stop. I, I mean, I can't even tell you how bad it was. I can't even simulate it. I wouldn't have a voice because that's how bad it was. He just was bellowing just crying we would give him drops we would do whatever we could and he just his poor old stomach was hard as a rock and 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 as he screamed i screamed i know none no young parents has ever been there before but sometimes you lose it and 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 the only thing that we knew to do was to put him in the back of the car and take him driving because that's the only way he would be quiet and me and my uncle got into the car and he's blaming me for Matthew hurting. He always said we was tough on Matthew and um, just choking with us. But he would, we, we went riding and he was just bellowing, just crying because he knew something was wrong. He knew we, we, we were the ones to get, get the attention, but it was as if there was no... We, we thought maybe he didn't hear us, so he just kept crying. And so as we took him out on that ride eventually the pain subsided and he would fall asleep but it was a continual thing for 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 several months if not years that he would he would just have that trouble because he didn't know how else to get the pain across to us that he was hurting that's the word that you type you, you kind of hear here in this passage That word doesn't mean just me saying hallelujah It means a cry Something from the depths of your soul Because see there's some things that you need as a child of God That there's only one person you can go to Somebody you know what I'm talking about And when you don't get it It is if you say God did you understand what I was praying And so the answer is not to just sit on your hand at church and to sit on your hands at home but the but but the answer is to literally cry to the one that you know has all of the answers see and they didn't just cry a, a little phrase of to say give me give me give me give me give me oh no they cried they were saying God we know our condition God we know what situation we're in through our sin and through our state as people so we need somebody that's going to what save us because they wouldn't say give me money and give me success they were shouting hosanna now when you learn what hosanna means you understand that it means hosanna it means literally to save us so they were not saying give me this or give me that they were saying i need salvation it was a it was a cry of knowing where their help was was going to come from but it was also a cry as of adoration to say where else could we go but to you because they understood the prophetic order and they said this is the Messiah that is coming into the city and he is the one that was written about in the Old Testament and so now as we are talking about ourselves you don't need just a donkey you don't need just to lay your clothes down you don't need to just wave your palm branches before the Lord. There needs to be a shout that comes out of the depths of your being that says God I know where I'm going but there's only one that can help me and it is you. You and I need to let out a shout from time to time and when we do it is a sign as if we are saying we're headed into this place but we don't know what's going to happen. We're not sure where we're going but Hosanna Let me tell you, you may not know what's going to happen tomorrow. You may not know what's going to happen the next day and the next day after that. But wherever you're going into today, I just want to tell somebody that you may wake up tomorrow. You may wake up tomorrow unsure of your future. But when your feet hit the floor, why don't you just say, Hosanna. And you know what that says? I may be unsure about tomorrow, but there is one that I know that can go before me and he can save me and he can rescue me let me tell you my hope does not come from the north the south the east the west but my hope comes from the lord he is the only one that can save this soul say amen somebody my god i know i gotta quit donkey clothes palms and a shout As we understand it's not about us, as we sacrifice, as we understand who the king is, we still shout. <laughs> don't know where I'm going, but Hosanna. Not sure how I'm going to get there, but guess what? Hosanna. I don't know how it's going to happen, but... Hosanna. Hey, I know it's not about me <laughs> Hey, I know I've sacrificed and I know he's king so now I just say Hosanna and let me tell you he is not going to leave you nor forsake you you don't have to question whether the medicine's going to work with him, you don't have to question whether the prescription's going to be right with him you don't have to go up to test after test after test for the safety of your future but when you are in his hands there is nothing that can wrestle you out of them. So I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know how I'm going to get there. But this pastor, this preacher, from the depths of his soul, I just scream, HO ZANA! My God, I feel like, Yay! My cry is, God, I need you. God, I praise you. I know it's not about me. I give you everything. You're my king. And so I will shout, Hosanna. And in Luke chapter 19, Brother Rick, if you could have something playing. One of our songs that we sing, believe for it, Hosanna, something of that nature. In Luke 19, they they see this scene unfolding. Man. And the people that are... uh, Be careful that you don't become so religious that somebody's praise upsets you. Uh, Be be careful that, that because you're not praising, it upsets you. Luke 19, they shouting praise and adoration and hearing this hosanna they said Lord you got to tell them to be quiet and Jesus looks at them and says if they don't praise me rocks are going to cry out the rocks are going to cry out I don't know about you but he's been too good to me I, can can I just, can i just get real for a moment if he's been good to you then i don't know how sometimes we can contain it i i, I don't know i don't know how we can sometimes be so flip it when it comes to serving him Shh, stand with me if you would want to get to where he's taking me. I I want to get hear me, hear me. I, I want to get to where he's taking me. And if it takes me riding a donkey if it takes me laying down my clothes if it takes me acknowledging him every day king 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 i'm in the emergency room but he's my king I, I i'm at the graveside, but he's my king i'm in the midst of a tornado but he's my king let me tell you i, I i've been i've been diagnosed with something but he's my king I, i've got victory in jesus and and if it takes me Shouting because I know where my help comes from, then I'm gonna do it. Church, I want to get to where He's taking me. I believe here He shows us we need a donkey, we need clothes, we need palms, but we also need a shout. This is Pastor Michael Mooneyham. I want to say thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We are so thankful that you chose to join us in this way, but we would also love for you to come and join us in person at 1102 Sergeant John Pittman Parkway in Greenwood, Mississippi. Our service time is at 1040 a.m., and we would love to see you here. Thank you once again for listening. We hope to see you soon. God bless.